Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. Um, Let's go to Daniel chapter 3, verses 1 through 30. 1 through 30. I'll be reading out of the New King James Version. Well, actually, before we read, let's do our declaration. Let's all say this on the count of three. One, two, three. This is the infallible, undisputed, and inerrant Word of God. Today, I open up my heart, mind, spirit, and soul to receive from its truths. God, I thank you that fruit will abound to my account as a result of reading, hearing, and applying your word to every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Honey, you can go ahead and read that. I might be a little distracted. You sure are pretty today. Go ahead and read. Thank you. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits, and its width six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather together the the satraps, The administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered together for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Stop. I want you to look at someone and say, No matter what happens... In the United States and in the world, don't you dare bow. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. So at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the horn, flute, harp, and lyre, and symphony with all kinds of music, all the people, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Therefore, at that certain time, Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. 
Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve any gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell face down into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Stop right there. I want you to look at someone and say, I can tell you're going through something. Go ahead, tell somebody. Say it again. I can tell you're going through something, but I can see something that you cannot see. There's a fourth man in the fire with you. Continue. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire, and the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw these men, and on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted in him, and they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies, that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss the god against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap, because there is no other god who can deliver like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Amen. You may have your seats. And on the way down, tell somebody there is nobody like Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, 
thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word. May it fall on the good ground, the good ground of your people's hearts. In Jesus' name. You know, I was thinking this morning, I want to talk to you a little bit just from the heart if I can. You know, no matter where you are, like when I, when I look at you guys, uh, I don't know exactly how many people are in this room, but when I, when I look, I see different faces, different cultures, um, different ethnicities, different skin colors. But there's more than that that's in this room. You know, everybody is going through something, right? Something that we will liken this morning to like fire. How many are going through at least one thing that they can think of that they, <laughs> some have 10. I've got about 20 things. Um, you know, and, and eventually, like if you're not going through something, it's not that this won't stick but you'll need this message one day. You may not need it today, but you will need it one day. So just, if I were you, save it, put it in your pocket. Because if you have breath in your lungs and you are alive and you're, you're, you know, your family let you out of the house, you know, you will run into problems. I mean, you could even stay in your car 24 hours a day. You know, something's going to happen. You know, somebody try to run you off the road or, you know, Something will happen when you deal with people because Satan is very much so alive and well. Are you hearing me? And he doesn't, God wants you over the finish line. God wants you to fulfill his purposes for your life. But the enemy has also a great fervor to make sure that you don't go over the finish line. As a matter of fact, he wants to make God look bad in your life. And he wants to stifle your calling. The enemy does. And, and so, you know, the kind of life that God offers is not a life that is pain-free. As a matter of fact, I've said this many times, that icon, I don't know why it's turned that way. Some, one of the kids must have been playing with the cross. But that, that icon, that, that wooden cypress tree over there, it states right out front that Christianity is a life where you will incur suffering. Jesus promised it. He said, in this life, you will have trouble. He used the word trouble. But then I love, I, I never stopped there because most people who are pessimistic will say, in this world, you will have trouble. But Jesus was a realist, but he finished the verse and said, but be a good cheer. Like that wasn't the end of the story. It, in this world, you will have trouble or you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer because Jesus has overcome the world. And that should give you great hope this morning because God is not done with us. Like no matter what it is that you're facing, you, there's a cycle to life. Like everything is a cycle. I was on the river the other day. I, lo I love going to the river. Like if there's two places, there's no place I love more than two places. I love being in church. I mean... I'm married now and I have to go home, but there was a day I didn't have to go home. Right, honey? She's like, it's time to go home, honey. I lived at church four and five days a week. You couldn't pull me out of there. But my second most favorite place to be is with my family on a river, on a lake somewhere, spending time with the Lord and my family. I just, I see God in nature. I told you guys, I'm not a tree hugger by any stretch, but I love nature. I see God in nature. And, and like I, I, I was standing by the river and I, I was just noticing because this one particular river that I was, I wouldn't say I was raised on, although my brothers did tell me 
I was the youngest of four. They told me I was found in a river. You know, I had to get inner healing from Rick. Like four years old to like 10, didn't they, Mom? Raise your hand if I'm telling the truth. I literally thought they found me in a river. Now I like rivers. Oh, he's here today too. You can let him know how much you appreciate him when you walk by him. One of my brothers is here. And, um, but I was noticing that at the, at the main springhead, two million gallons of water per day, a day, come out of that springhead. And the reason why there's so much life on some, most rivers, not the Dead Sea, we're talking about rivers. Everybody say rivers. It, it, the reason there's so much life is because there's a constant flow and, and the river has a cycle. When, not to be graphic, but everything, there is a cycle. In life, there is a cycle. There's a life in, in Christ, there are cycles. In John chapter 15, the Bible talks about that cycle. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. And he talks about you bearing good fruit to kind of build you up before he cuts you down. Because he says, you will bear much fruit when you abide in me. But the vine dresser, the husbandman, the father, God the father will come in and prune you. Life has cycles. There's fruitful seasons and there's seasons that doesn't seem so fruitful. There's cycles with that river. That's why there's so much life there. And if you try to stop the cycle in your relationship with Jesus, you will find out that there's less fruitfulness. Even a natural woman knows something is wrong when there is a breach in her cycle because life is full of cycles. You have spring, you have summer, you have fall, you have winter. Life, God made everything to be a cycle. When you wake up in the morning, you're only waking up because your body recognizes there's light outside because life has a cycle. There's a cycle in life. And I believe that the body of Christ, you and I say, I'm the body. I'm a part of the body of Christ. The body right now, is, if you notice it, we are going through a certain cycle right now. We've seen cycles in the past of great fruitfulness in the Lord. But we are seeing a whole other cycle taking place where there is levels of warfare like we haven't seen it before. There is turbulence like we haven't seen before. There are fiery trials. The Bible talks about this. Not just trials, fiery trials. You know the scripture that says, don't think it's strange that this fiery trial has come to you because we are going through a cycle in our Christian life, in our walk with Jesus that is very fiery. And it's not because God wants to destroy you. He's doing something in us. He's doing something in me and you. Say, he's doing something in me. And listen, the only dangerous fire that you ever go through is the one that we cause ourselves. That's the only dangerous fire that we could ever go through. Only dangerous. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Because let's be real. I'm from Pine Hill, so I can say this. Let's be real. To the Caucasian folks, just listen. For my Spanish folks, how do you say? Uh, escucha. I did good, didn't I? If you cause fires, and we all do, we all make mistakes, those are the worst kind of fires because there's no guaranteed fruit out of that unless you invite the Lord Jesus Christ into your mistakes. Then God will work it out for your good and his glory. But there's something good that comes from fire. 
Like you have to understand that these were men of God, Shadrach, Meshach, and one bad. Abednego is his name. Y'all stop. This is the church, okay? God, see, we, we, this is where people mess up in their relationship with Jesus. Watch out for the clout. This is where people mess up in their relationship with Jesus is they think their mistakes have put them there and people have put them there. No, 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 no. Dr. Charles Stanley taught me this. He said, in order to survive it, because I went through a lot of trials as a kid, trials that no kid should ever see, a lot of heartache, a lot of pain, a whole lot of rejection, a whole lot of it. You have to see every single solitary thing that happens in your life as coming from the Lord himself. You have to. Why do that? Now, now is every single solitary thing from Jesus? Absolutely not. Things happen to you when you're a little boy or you're a little girl that you know that God may be allowed, but he didn't cause. Because when you look at it as coming from the Lord Jesus Christ himself, you won't get bitter at people. Joseph caught on to this in Genesis chapter 39. Go ahead and read it. And you read on through his life. At the very end, the very same brothers who threw him in a pit, who told him he was raised on a river. No, that was a joke. I wasn't planning on that one. That wasn't in my notes. Joseph, in the very last moments of his life when God was elevating him, said, what you meant for my bad, God has meant for my good. He got the revelation. I have to see every single solitary trial, what my children do to me, how they break my heart. Come on, parents say amen. How a job, how a, a boss treats me at my job, how church members treat one another, how, 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 how sometimes even pastors can neglect certain, whatever it is, you have to see it as the Lord himself allowing those things in your life. And if you are being, if you are in the fire right now, you have to look at it as if God has put you there and he's forging something in you. He's doing something. You have to know this, that God is working out something that's far greater that we cannot see. And he has a vantage point that we cannot see. He sees what is to come and he sees the need of your fiery trial to develop you, to strengthen you. And not just that, but to prepare you for what is ahead. You have to think about the time in which God has chosen you to be born in. We're living in the greatest time in history. You get to be a part of what God is about to do. You see things falling apart. You see America in the fire, but know this. There is a Shadrach, there is a Meshach, and there is an Abednego in this sanctuary right now. People that are going to be used of God. And listen to what that scripture says. In the very end, we're talking about Nebuchadnezzar, the king. He totally rewrote the tenets because of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's God. The, who's what God? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And where he was trying to get them to bow down, he, he threw them in the furnace, and then God forged something in them to show that wicked king that they have something that is unbreakable. And see, we talk about spiritual things in church, but there is something very important. I learned this from Catherine Kuhlman. You know, she passed on. I have, by the way, I have one of her old original books somebody recently gave me. And here's what she said. There is something to be said about mental attitude. I know we don't talk about that because we, I quote scriptures a lot, 
but it, th- there's something to be said about a mental attitude. Oh, there's no scripture for it? I, knew, I see some of you religious folks. I'm going to cast that religious thing out of you. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. And when you're going through circumstances that you cannot control, you have to ask for the mind of the Lord on it because it doesn't look like God's going to work it out. It looks dead. I'm going to die in this place. God's going to let my business go in a handbasket. God's going to let my kids get destroyed by media. No, 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 no. God's going to let me go without for the rest of my life. No, no, no. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. This is doing something. It's forging something in you. What is God doing? Purifying our personality until we are conformed into the image of his son. That's God's ultimate will. I say this all the time. God's desire is not to make you comfortable. It is meant to conform you. Conform you to what? To look like Jesus. I tell you what, I'm experiencing something in my life and I never thought I would see this day. There's this recent song that came out. It's called, Then Christ Came. And man, I can't even listen to it without crying. It's a Mercy Me song, one of my favorite, you know, CCM, you know, contemporary Christian music bands. But um, it says, then Christ came. And in, this, in these lyrics in the song, he said, I never thought I'd see the day when every chain would break. And that's hard to shout about. And that's why there wasn't a whole lot of amens. And let me explain that to you. I never, I'm only 38 and I'm, I'm st- I still go through things. I still go through things. But there were things in my life, even as a minister or in growing up, you know, doing ministry, even as a teen growing up, there were things in me that I thought I would always deal with, you know? I, th- I thought it would always be there, like a, like a Jacob limp, you know? The church lied to you. Like, you, you're not always going to limp. You're not always going to limp. Like, you won't always be bound. And I'm telling you, do not deliver yourself from the fire. Because what the fire does is it burns off the chains that we don't see, the attitudes that we don't see, those childhood issues that came from mom, dad, grandpappy, and all these things, these hereditary things that came in our lives. And the thing is, is we have become a better, I hear you, Holy Spirit. We have become a better deliverer than Jesus in our own lives, many of us. And I say that with sarcasm. Is because we have figured out and manipulated just how to get that bill paid, just who to borrow money from. When God allows you in a pit, you know exactly how to get your way out of there. And we wonder why the character of Christ isn't being forged in us. Because every time God puts us in the fire, we try to figure out and pick the lock on how to get out. God is looking for growth. Do you remember? Is this too heavy for y'all? Are you going to come back and visit again? When Jesus, listen to this. The hood's coming out of me. Stop me if I get, it gets too much. Jesus, when Jesus was teaching the disciples faith, say faith, he was teaching them how to believe him. And he was walking by a tree and he walked by it in a season that it was not supposed to bear fruit. And then he walked by it and he cursed it. And he says, cursed are you, you'll never bear fruit again. And the disciples are like, why did he do that? They came back by that way and they seen it dried up from the roots and it was gone. Why would God do that? It was a statement that Jesus was making to the disciples. It is okay for the world not to bear fruit in certain seasons. Listen, if you're a green thumb person, you don't go expecting tomatoes in December. Why would you expect tomatoes in December? It should happen in the summer. At least I think so. 
I'm guessing, but just flow with me here. But it is not okay for a believer to be unfruitful in any season. It's not okay. It, listen, you may not have to, I'm not saying you have to smile through every season. You can do that. Come on, because we do that. We speak Christianese, right? How you doing? You know how I have to act all the time, you know, blessed and highly favored. Rakaka, shabaka. Everything is great. Bills are paid. We're not saying that. But what I am saying is you can experience his closeness at any given season. And you determine it. Your faith and your trust. And, and can I tell you what produces the most fruit in a believer's life? By not trying to whittle their way out of the fire. I know that's heavy. But it's the God's honest truth. We have to stick it out. What happens? Where are the ladies at in the house? Let me hear you. They are, I don't even want to ask the guys because there's no way they can beat that. How many are you cooks? Just wave your hand at me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I've got a good cook. What happens when you pull the chicken out too early? What happens when you pull certain foods out? You may not eat pork, but I do. Don't judge me. When you pull out certain meats too early. Now, it's one thing to do four minutes aside on a steak. It's a whole other thing to do three or four minutes aside on a grilled chicken. Because heat purifies. And this is the thing. is People want, people want satisfaction too early. Don't let these skinny jeans fool you. I'm, I'm speaking to you like an 80-year-old. You have to, in, in your life in Jesus, you have to forge yourself in the fire and stay there relentlessly with mental attitudes saying, God, I'm not going to move until you're done. I'm not going to leave this marriage until you're done. I'm not going to stop this business until you're done. I'm not, come on, I'm going to keep showing at this job in spite of this boss thing this way. I'm, I'm going to still raise these kids even though I'm going to pull my hair out and I have to do homeschool every single day and do the same thing every single day. No, 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 no. You stay forged in the fire because in the fire is where God creates fruitfulness. It's where he builds you. That's what heat does. Heat forges you. It makes you hot as iron. I mean, excuse me, hard as iron, strong as iron. That's what, that's what it does. The strength of steel is tested based on the weight it can bear. And you have to go through the heat in order to develop that hardness, that tolerance. Like, like look, look, I'm going to tell you just like it is. Can I tell you just like it is? We have to stop going through the same cycles over and over. If you're going through the same cycle, it's because you delivered yourself the last time and Jesus didn't do it. Listen, stay in it. Stay, somebody say, stay in it. Look at somebody with convicting eyes and say, stay in it. Stay in it. Endure. It's called endurance. We don't preach enough about endurance. Listen to what Zachariah says in, in, in Zechariah 13.9. Are you guys okay out there? I know y'all want to hurry to lunch. Just relax. Zechariah 13 verse 9 says this, I will bring the, I will bring the one-third through the, through what? Fire. Through fire. And I will refine them as silver or steel is refined. And what? Test them. And test them as gold is tested. And they will call my name. 
and I will answer them and I will say this is my people and teach and excuse me and each one will say the Lord is my God listen I was working with a, a gentleman I was working with a gentleman actually back when Dean and I were working together years ago and uh, this was over 10 years ago and this guy was as religious as you can get like I just wanted to worship we had to I had to drive with him for an hour Lord Jesus I needed grace I wanted to put on worship music and he just wanted to talk about the Bible you know the worst spirit to deal with in in the church can I tell you what the worst spirit is especially when you talk about healing and deliverance is a religious spirit and he just wanted to talk he talked me right out of the presence of God I'm just like I just want to love on Jesus can you just, just I don't want to talk and he said to me God doesn't test people. And he was a teacher. I'll tell you his name later. I can't, you know, it's public. Or not, maybe. I shouldn't. Let me tell you something. The whole, the word of God is laced with God testing his people over and over and over again. And listen, yes, I'll say that. Do you remember... Do you remember when Peter lied? Remember when Jesus said, before the, uh, before the cock crows three times, you'll deny me? Remember that? What is the first thing that Peter did? He went and warmed himself by what? By a fire. Why did he warm himself by the fire? Because when you lose your internal fire, you, lose, you use external things to keep yourself warm. That's what... This is the thing. People, when when we are going through a hardship, the reason they didn't burn up is because the heat on the inside of them equaled the heat externally around them. And the reason we squirm is not a sign to shame ourselves, but it's to say, God's still not done with me yet. And you realize I'm not as far as I think I am. Yes, it may feel unjust. So Jesus felt that way. Oh, thank you, Lord. I got this image in my head. The Lord speaks to me through like pictures. Listen, when Jesus went through the cross, and I say he went through, he went to the cross. Remember, remember what Pe- when Peter tried to stop Jesus from going to the cross? Jesus said to him, get behind me who? Because it was demonic in nature to stop Jesus from going to the cross from going through the fire, so to speak. That's not what I wanted to share. But when he did make it to the cross, what fell on the day of Pentecost as a result of him going? And it sat upon each of them as tongues of fire. When you endure hardship, suffering, trial, pain, no matter what it looks like, If it looks demonic or if it's just circumstantial, if it's due to children, whatever it is, I'm just saying this. Yes, some of it may be unjust, but God is just and will reward us for our suffering if we will stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Somebody say amen to that. I'm going to give you a word of advice this morning. The faster you stop throwing a fit in the fire, the better off you are. The more we squirm is a sign that there's certain things that are not dead. Like what, God, what if God never does that? Will you still serve him? Like if he doesn't give you, listen to this, listen to this. If he doesn't give you what your, what your dream is, whatever that is, you have to settle that thing. Do you know why you have to settle it? 
Can I tell you why? You have to settle it. Because Satan or God will see to it. Because God doesn't share his glory with anybody. That's the reason why God sometimes takes away. He'll take certain things away because the Lord gives and he takes. So you got to understand that God and Satan have different, very different methodologies. You got light versus darkness, but they both have methods. And so where God only will take when he don't want to share the glory. Like, I can't give you that because you're going to elevate that above your relationship with me. And I love you too much to leave you how you are. And I want you to become in my image and in my likeness. So, so I can't give you that thing. And plus, you don't see it, but it will ruin you. Like, you'll start tra- treating people nasty if I give you that. that. That was for my, you know, hood folks that came from where I came from. But for the, for the nice people, God doesn't want to do that because it will destroy your life. God will take that thing. But Satan is not like that. Sometimes he wants to give you that thing earlier than what God has permitted so you destroy yourself. When you, and he'll deliver you from the fire. Yeah, yeah. He, yes, he will. He will get you out early. He tried to do it with Jesus. Don't go to the cross. You don't need to suffer like that. Don't go through that. You're a Christian. Are you kidding me? Are you hearing what I'm saying? He will try to produce a counterfeit in your life so that you stop short of the glory of God. We have far too many Christians who stop short of the glory of God. Far too many Christians who don't want to pay the price in walking with Jesus. They want the resurrection, but they don't want the cross. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen to this scripture. Is everybody okay out there? When God puts you in a fire, you have to maintain, you, you, you have to get this perspective. You have to get this perspective that when you deliver yourself too early, oftentimes, when you're not where God wants you to be, he'll use that fire to bring you where you need to be, right? But when you deliver yourself too early, the Lord gave me this phrase this morning, you will maintain your misery. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't go to sleep on me. You will maintain your misery. What does that mean? You can literally protect yourself from going forward with Jesus. It is costly. Oh, it costs, it costs much. Oh, it costs much. But we, we have to stop maintaining our misery. I have found this out in Jesus that like there's certain practices that will work in certain seasons and I'll keep practicing the same thing. It could be business, it could be ministry and all of a sudden it'll die right in front of me. Like it won't even work anymore. My same methods will not work. And then I get upset and I get depressed and then I get disillusioned because I keep trying to, it used to work. Am I talking to anybody? It used to work. The methods used to work. The marketing used to work. Ministering this way used to work. And then all of a sudden, the grace of God completely lifts in that area. And then the fire starts. And God, listen, if they would never have, 
embraced the fire. Listen to the promotion. I'm going to read that to y'all in case y'all missed that. Therefore, Nebuchadnezzar, everybody say Nebuchadnezzar. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, language, which speaks against anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made as an ash heap because there is no other God who can deliver like this. Then the king promoted, look at that word, everybody say promoted, promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Promotion came because they endured the fiery flames. The reason many people do not get promoted in God's kingdom is because they pick the lock and get out too early. (laughs) Y'all can't handle that, can you? It's called fortification. It's called endurance. Enduring hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, the scripture says. Everybody say endurance. Listen, if the Lord is allowing you to go through it, it's because there is still something you cannot see that is hindering you from two things. Knowing Jesus, if they would have never got thrown in the fire, they would have never known God. How do I know it was Jesus? Because angels don't receive worship scripturally. Only God does. You ever seen that in the Bible when a worship, when an angel would be worshiped? Somebody, the, the angel would say, get up, I'm a servant of the Most High. Angels will not receive worship. That's what your Bible says. But Jesus will. Did you catch that? He received worship. They would have never known that he's the God who sustains me in the fire. And that's most of our problems. And I've been there too, many times over again. It's the reason I want to get out is because I think only God's in church, not in the fire. But he is in the fire. He says he will never leave us nor forsake us. Like ever, in the fire, out of the fire, on the mountaintop, in the valley, as if God only exists on the mountaintop. No, he's in the fire. As a matter of fact, sometimes you don't ever get to know God until you start knowing him in the fire. Because God doesn't, look, he's all about relationship and God is not a fair-weathered friend. He wants to know that, hey, will you, will you stay with me? Will you stick with me when they stop answering the phone? Will you stick with me when you still can't pay your bills? Will you stick with me even though you don't get that what you think is right for you? He's the God of the fire. He's the God of the valley. As a matter of fact, my biggest prayer is I said, Lord, when you start really doing things in my life, I want you to so brand me with the pain that I've gone through that I will forever be marred and, and, and marked by what you were and who you were to me in that valley. Don't so bless me that I forget. David said this, don't give me too much, least I forget your law and don't leave me starving, least I steal. Like God, God so brand me in this fire that I will never, ever forget. Because let's be honest, some people only pray because they can't pay their bills. Some people only pray because people forsake them and they just need Jesus. But God is looking for a company of people that it doesn't matter if you're rich, poor, tall, skinny, beautiful, not so beautiful. You are still a friend of God. And God looks for friends like my friend said. He is looking for friends. The eyes of the Lord are searching to and fro for hearts that are completely his. Are you hearing me this morning? I want to read this scripture. I'll be done in just a moment. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10 through 15. 
according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder. I have laid the foundation and another builds on it, but let each one take heed on how he builds on it. For no other foundation can be laid or be laid than that which is already laid, which is what? Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold or silver or precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. You know what you're building right now in your life? Listen to me. Whether it's your, everybody looking for me, just one, unless you're taking notes. And bless you if you're taking notes. I, that's wonderful. Each, like strategic, every little thing that you're building your family on right now, the principles that you're building your family on, whether it's scripture or not, everything, the way that you handle your finances, the way that you steward your relationship with God, Jesus, the way that you have friendships, the way that you are building a business or building your four, every single aspect of your life. You know that your relationship with God is not mutually exclusive to everything else in your life. Please tell me you know that. It's all interconnected like Christmas trees, not like streetlights. Guys are like streetlights. You ever heard that before? Guys are like streetlights and women are like Christmas tree lights. I don't know if I should go there. I'll, I, I'll, I'll get in and I got to get out of that real quick. Y'all are making me get out of the spirit. Y'all stop. Guys are like street lights, you know. When one light goes out, the rest of the lights stay on. They compartmentalize. And women, you know, are like Christmas tree lights. One bulb goes out, the whole strip goes out. You know, because everything's interconnected. You didn't take out the trash, and so you didn't wash the dishes, and you didn't pick up the kids early from school. So no, we're not doing that. Come on. All the husbands, say amen. Don't leave me up here drowning. Every single area, look, he's like, he, she sure does do that. Look, there's a prayer line just for the couples right after service. How you build your relationship there too, okay? It's important because God wants every aspect of your life, every single, from the pulpit to behind closed doors to the way that we manage our finances, every single thing. Now listen to this. Every single aspect will eventually get tested by fire. And the scripture says that no matter what it is, silver, gold, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by what? Look at that. You don't have my scripture? David. I'm just kidding. I didn't send it to him. Because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work. God tests us. He's testing the work. When something is falling apart, do not try to make it work when God is trying to burn it. I call it don't resurrect. Like when God is killing something, don't resurrect it. Know, know when God is behind the burn. You, you understand what I'm saying? Because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of which sort it is. 
If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, and he will have a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Now, what does that mean? It means like if you're a believer, a little theology, if you're a believer and you're doing something and building something that is not the will of God, you still will be saved. You won't be unsaved because you didn't build your ministry perfectly or correctly or whatever your calling is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You will still be saved, but you will suffer loss in heaven, meaning reward. Like if you didn't obey God, you will suffer loss on this side of heaven and in heaven. Because it talks about receiving a crown. You didn't think we were all getting the same stuff, right? That, that I'm half joking. You will suffer loss and reward in heaven because each man's work, you will be reward, rewarded according to your work here on earth. You do know that, right? That's why the Bible talks about robes of righteousness and garments. There's a difference. How you obey God here will determine how you work in heaven. We'll talk about heaven in a whole nother deal. Y'all, y'all, a whole nother time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So each one's work. Now listen, here's what I was getting this morning. Is that if you try to maintain or put out a fire that God is causing. Say God caused this. Don't tell me that God don't test things. He tested Joseph. He got tested by being put in the pit. Because he had things that God needed to burn out of him, so to speak. He tested Abraham by saying, hey, I want your son. Offer him up. That doesn't sound like God. God tell me to kill my son. Yes, he did. He was testing his heart. He tested Jesus by putting him in the wilderness and testing him with the same three tests he tested Adam with. He tested Peter. He tested Apostle Paul. And he will test you and I. Why does he test? He tests us to make our character ready to walk in what he would have us to walk in. What's the worst thing that could happen if he burns the business down? My God, you get to spend more time with your kids. It's not the end of the world. If the ministry doesn't work out, I'll just be able to hang out on Sundays again. I get to go to... Do they even have a wet and wild? I don't even know. I don't get to do nothing. I work all the time. God forbid God burns something down. It's, the burning is happening because God is showing you, you built that. Because what's God's cannot be burned. What he builds is eternal. So when he sends the fire, am I being too much? When he sends the fire, when he sends it, we get mad. We, oh Lord, don't burn that. We got to maintain that. Got to keep the, got to keep the money coming in. Got to keep doing this. Got to keep doing that. Being driven, driven, driven further into drivenness, far away from the heart of God. So what am I trying to say? Pastor, what are you trying to say this morning? Let him throw you in that fire and praise him while you're in it. Love him while you're in it. Listen, if, listen, if, if, oh yes, I hear you. If you can't love me in the fire, you don't truly love me at all. All the married people understand exactly what I'm saying. Loving through different seasons. Now, I've only been married almost 10 years, which is not a long time, but it's long enough to be through, go through some stuff. Say amen. If we, listen, if we really love him, we will love well even in the fire. Even when we're not getting what we want. He's not doing it. Listen, God owns no Rolex. 
He doesn't check the time. They're almost done. He watches for results, not time. God watches for results, not time. He's not bound by time. As a matter of fact, and this is not going to make you feel any better. One day is like a thousand years to us. One day to the Lord is a thousand years to us. So he's waiting. He's watching. Are you done yet? And we're asking, God, I want the promises. I want the promises. We were praying in the back and we were declaring some things. And I largely agree what, what, what was being prayed. But in my heart, I was feeling, because we were talking about planting things, fruit. And was, I was thinking this, that God is expecting that seed to produce something. Like, like we see the seed that God has given us and things in raw form. Like God bless this marriage. God bless my children. God bless the business. God bless, and on and on and on and on, right? But God, he's like the water. He doesn't, he doesn't, oh Jesus. He doesn't oftentimes determine whether or not something becomes fruitful. I'm going to let that just sit there for just one minute. You're like, what do you mean? It's up. No, no, no. It's up to the seed. God will not make you grow. We even read it in handbooks. You know, if you, if you got a green thumb, when crops are yielding fruit, that means giving up. The seed, what am I trying to say? I'm, I'm pausing. It's, that's a technique to let things settle and get you thinking for a second. A seed must yield to the dirt. The seed must yield to the surroundings. And God oftentimes with us, when dealing with us, deals with stubborn seeds. And that's why God made animals. Because then, then the farmer has to start using stinky stuff when the seed is too stubborn. I'm going to sit right here because leaders, y'all come help me after because somebody's coming after me. When we are stubborn, God will use things. Why? He's dealing with a stubborn seed. I want you to grow. I want to grow. Change this, Lord. Do this. I'm trying to, but you're not changing. We want him to produce results while not changing. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Listen, no fire is going to make anybody. Is this too much for y'all? Is anybody getting anything? When you stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Now, how do you do that? How do you do that? I'm going to give you something practical. I know I've gone long. I'm going to give you a funny phrase. Normalize strange. How in the world did he get that out of that scripture? Normalize strange. Most of y'all look at, look at some people just looking at each other. Well, God, you didn't do that to her. He's not going through that. I'm the only one. Anybody ever heard that? Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Didn't know I could do Elvis. Normalize strange. First Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 13. Beloved, do not think it strange. 
concerning what? The fiery, the fiery trial, which is to try you. They're quiet about it. You're quiet about it. Nobody knows about it, but it's all across the board because God is trying his people by fire. as though some strange thing has happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. What is that telling me? When I'm in the fire, stay there. And then don't just stay there. Don't get disillusioned. Don't get angry at God. Rejoice. Get excited. Because something's coming. <laughs> Stand to your feet. I said something's coming. Something's coming that we cannot see. It's producing. It's like there's. It's producing something. You understand what I'm saying? Get excited, my brethren. Count it all joy. When? When do you do that? When do you count it all joy? When we fall into various trials. When fire comes, rejoice. Why? Why do you rejoice? Knowing, you got to, listen, this is how you survive. When you go through, you got to know something. There's something you have to know. Know, know it. Nudge someone gently. Say, know something. What do you know? What do you want? What do you want to know? Know that the testing of your faith produces patience. I wish I would have known this as a boy. I would have saved myself so much depression and heartache. My God. Remember I was telling you I love that song. I don't know if I followed through with a thought. Sometimes I overthink. That song I was talking about, I never thought I'd see the day when these chains would fall off. I'm at the beginning stages. I am far, let me tell you, my wife will tell you, and you will tell them how imperfect I am. But I can literally say that that I'm finally starting to live my life where I can see like the chains that once held me. I didn't say perfect. Nobody's perfect. I will never be perfect. You won't never, as much as, as how nice your hair is and how nice you're dressed, you won't ever be perfect either. I can finally say that those chains that once held me that I thought I would never be rid of are finally gone. Like those chains are gone. Those bondages are gone. And God wants, God wants that for everybody because we're supposed to go from glory to glory, not from depression to depression, from glory to glory, from faith to faith. So it produces something. So knowing when you're going through something, you have to know that this is producing something in your life. Like it, it is for something. It's not just happenstance. I'm going through this or my children are going through. It's not for nothing. It's for something. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work. Why? That you may be perfect. That's the scripture. That you may be perfect, lacking nothing. Lacking no thing. That's what the fire will do. And your fire may look, listen, you teenagers, let me tell you something. I'm so glad. I know I'm not supposed to be selfish. I'm supposed to be a pastor. But I am so glad I'm not growing up in, in your generation. I mean, I thought we had it hard. 
that the stuff that's at your disposal right now? I mean, if, that would have been like giving me a sword in my hand, you know? So to see what you guys deal with, it's, it's serious. It's, it's the demonic stuff that you're up against that's on the other side of that screen. It's incredible. And as much as you hide from mom and daddy, we know you struggle too. And you go through your own fires too. Your own addictions that are hidden, your own tendencies that are hidden. That's a fire. So don't think this message applies for 30 plus. This applies to you. This applies to moms, dads, singles, people with an amazing calling on their life, stay-at-home moms, to everybody. And all of us are in our own Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego moment. And here's my encouragement to you. If I could sum it all up, stand still. Stand still. And endure like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Knowing that Jesus, as hurtful as it is, I told somebody the other day, it was regarding like a temptation to react a certain way. And I said, you want to know how you get over it? And I'm, I'm talking from experience. I'm not talking because I read it in a textbook somewhere. Experience. I said, you need to feel it and not react. You Spanish people especially. My Spanish folks. You know I love y'all more than anybody. I like white people, but I really like <laughs> Spanish people. They cook better than white people. My mom, you know, stop. We can't stay on track. When you feel that you want to react to something, explode and you don't react. Or you are tempted in a certain area of your life and you don't fall into it. You do that over and over and over again. It forges the character of Christ in you. And listen, eventually, listen to me. I feel somebody needs to hear this. The sting of that thing. You know what I mean by the sting? The sting of sin. It will lose its sting. It will lose its power. We will never, somebody said this the other day, and I love it, so true. We will never be free from the presence of sin. It's present everywhere. It's all around you. It's all around us. But you can be free. Now listen to this. This is not mine. Somebody else's. I stole it. This is the one thing I stole. You can be free from the dominion of sin. The dominion. Meaning the pull of it. The ache of, I need to do this because I, I desire this. It could be, it could be physical. It could be mental. It could be sexual. It could be drug use. It could be anything. You can be free from the dominion. Never from the presence. It will always knock. But you can come to the place where you sing that song. God puts funny thoughts in my head. Keep on knocking, but you... Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.